It's Friday afternoon, you two <laughs> cocksuckers. I am so excited. <laughs> it's June, what, 22nd? Uh, I'm By we, the Roman Greco calendar, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. All day long. <laughs> All day long. That's good. I like this. I, I really am scared. We got Chad Flesher. Oh, am I not allowed to use last names? Too late. <laughs> now we're incognito. Edit. <laughs> Do you have a uh, Twitter handle you'd like to promote there? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have to ask the question. <laughs> Absolutely, we we don't know what we're promoting. Uh, well, we're excited to do this. Absolutely, yeah. Thank, Thank you for you, being Chad. here. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Yes, here in Boise, Idaho, uh, which is typical this time of year. From this point forward, it should be beautiful. Uh, we have our occasional crappy weather, but uh, gorgeous today. Yes, a lot of steps in today. Yes, how do we start our day? Little tennis, yeah, little God. running me around the little court. What a great way to start the day, though. Yeah, sun was coming up. Chad, what time did you get up this morning? Six forty-five. Six forty-five. I the... had already aced him two Whoa. to four times by then. Whoa, dude. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> but what time did you clowns go to bed? Eleven. Eight thirty. Eight forty-five. I went to. Bed I remember at... I was disgusted because the sun wasn't down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you and a lot of other 90-year-old women were as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I went to bed at one thirty last Whoa. night. By choice? Kind of choice. Uh, okay. I just started watching TV, oh, and the next shit. thing I knew was one thirty. They get away okay. from you. Netflix or what? What were you watching? Uh, I was watching a little Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, what were you watching? Oh, wait, no, I was watching Amazon last night. Okay. I got caught up on season two of Goliath. See, I... I mistakenly pushed play on the on the new header, and so I started with season two, episode one, not season one, episode one. Well, <laughs> we're not see, a bright show. No, <laughs> no. Season uh, season one is uh, significantly better than season two already. Oh well, I've already watched season two. Oh and, Jesus! And uh, yeah, wait, you watched season two before you watched season one? No, I'm not JJ. I'm no, Chad. That's me. I watch <laughs> oh, things sorry. in chronological order, <laughs> sequentially or yeah, chronologically. Well, you know, whatever. whatever it doesn't whatever. matter. We I can judge. count to 21 and keep my pants up. So all it's right. all good. I think we got to wrap this up. I'm not going to sit here and do this shit all day. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's working. Uh, okay. All right. Why? Why are we here? Why are we here, young JJ? I don't know why we're here. We're here because um, Chad has a lifelong experience in as sales. A, um, a bag carrier, right? Yeah. I want to start with that term because um, I don't I don't know if I ever used that term with you, and I don't no. know if youthful Austin has ever heard that term. No. Um, Chad, Lay what does on. that term mean? Lay it on us. A bag carrier means that you are in the field and you are an individual contributor to the revenue of the organization Ooh. that you represent. Oh, my goodness. We respect bag carriers. You better. We are bag carriers. Yes. Regardless of whatever role I've ever had within an organization, no matter the title, at the end of the day, if you you report in the sales department, you are carrying a bag. Hell yeah. I like that. Yep. So we don't... uh, yeah, we didn't have respect for like managers that became managers that were weren't bag carriers. Yeah, so yeah. you got to grind. You got to learn from the but beginning. But I'll, I'll dial that back to any position. If you haven't been on the front lines, if you haven't answered the phones, if you haven't talked to your customers, if you don't know what your business does day to day, minute to minute, how, how can you sit back as a manager and tell somebody what they're supposed to do? Well, I take that bag carry one level further it's a quoted bag carrier right so yeah. we used to equate it because there's there's marketing well, people there were business development people that yeah. didn't have a number so if you didn't have a number associated with said bag i lose You're respect worthless. for you. Yeah. you you 
not one. Yeah, well, kind of, kind of. You're a marketing <laughs> person. No offense to mark marketeers out there, but I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you're not a salesperson. Love their point. latest album. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they break up back when what's her face was fr- nah, whatever? Uh, they okay, broke so up let's, let's, trying to cross the chasm. Yeah, absolutely crossing the chasm. A book we were forced to read. Uh, we'll we'll get there. So let's start. Um, so I was like ninety two, ninety three, right? Absolutely, um, Chad. So you uh, you are from where? I am from lovely, beautiful Boise, Idaho. I grew up here. Capital no, High. Accurate. Wait, he's already lying right what? out of the gate. That's a fucking lie right out of the gate. Where were you born and where were you raised uh, in the early years? Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> I didn't know that we wanted to go back to that. No, I was born in Seattle and lived a little bit around throughout Washington and Montana, but settled here. At what age? Thickly settled. Thickly settled. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a callback, people. Yeah, I know. I heard it. Yeah. It was Really, you and three other people heard well, that. I love that. Give it was, some knuckles yeah, right now. No, they're doing knuckles. Yeah. For those of you that can't see this. It was moderately amusing now, and it's even less so the third time around. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then uh, we settled. I thickly settled here in uh, 1977. Damn. What does that date you? At what age at that point? I was 11. Okay. Nice. So, again, you moved around a little bit. Uh, Mr. Uh, JJ over there and I have some similar backgrounds of moving around a lot yeah. as, as young kids, So, um, which is where I kind of wanted to start. Uh, I don't know if you heard the last episode where we were – uh, proudly mentioning we were apartment complex kids. Um, how how did that go for you? I have lived in an apartment complex. When we lived in Montana, I was an apartment kid. Yeah. Um, but most of my life, I was a duplex kid. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, dude. Big time. Hey, we let's eyeballed the duplex. It around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to big league you guys here. But, uh, but you're you going did. to. You just did. But, yeah, I mean, if you, you can, I mean, at least I only could hear one neighbor at a time. <laughs> I had the, the oh, four God, tiers, right? Like, get three yeah. levels of that shit. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, uh, Boise 11, uh, you grew up in this area, and you attended local high school, correct? That is correct. I went to Capitol High School back when it was um, a handful of poor kids like myself and all of the orthodontists and dentists and doctors yes. and lawyers yes. kids. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. All the, the demographics didn't change much from the time I was supposed to go to Capitol. Uh, we lived in the apartment complex, Signature Point, right there, kind of behind Bay Hill, the nice neighborhood, right? He, that, he, he couldn't get in. No, no. <laughs> they, they kicked me out. <laughs> they sent me to Eagle. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's better. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> yeah. For all those people, like none of you know what the hell we're talking about. But uh, yeah. So you're Capitol High School. And um, so what did you do there? Did you play sports? I was. I was. Uh, I was. I was a sportster. <laughs> sportster. <laughs> I was a sportster. I was. And I'm sure we're getting there. And we're I, not getting anywhere. Do you I, just, just, just play I along. anticipated. But yes, I was. Um, I played football and basketball and baseball when I was at Capitol High. Nice. Awesome. Do you like uh, which one? Do you like the most? I think by the time I graduated from high school, I liked baseball the most. But when I started, um, basketball was point my guard. Favorite sport. What'd you play? I played shooting guard. Shooting guard. Feisty little shooting guard. I've, I've played against him several times. I would, uh, and I don't want to digress too far. Would you consider us rivals on the basketball court? Absolutely. I guess. Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the Lebois days, Lebois. yeah, yes. and, and even even church ball, 
Yeah, church ball, Cole Elementary, yeah. Sunday night pickup games, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, he's good. He's a good shooter. I mean, if he gets his feet set, well, but he is white, five say, eleven, and so Steve, he has no other role. How can anybody be an adversary of yours on the basketball court because you don't play defense? That's so, a fucking lie. So Chad did you up while so you we shot. Digress. So you're uh, you're in high school, <laughs> uh, and what derailed you from basketball? Um. <clears throat> Let's just say that maybe I was a little more millennial than others were millennial, and uh, our coach was a little old school, and maybe we didn't see eye to eye on things. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. So, um, football. Um, you're playing football there. Do you have any accolades that are well, associated with that? And, and was there anybody else that was drug into your accolades? So, uh, to say that I played football... <laughs> is <laughs> saying is really stretching it loosely. Um, slight overstatement. Um, it's a slight overstatement. Okay. I will say that when my sophomore year, I did actually play football and played wide receiver. But by the time my junior year rolled around, um, I was ready to hang up the old uh, football <laughs> career and move on. When they made me an offer to uh, to just come out and punt, which uh, that did sound really good. Move. <clears throat> I mean. You know, let's that, see. You guys can practice for four hours, but uh, the kickers and punters, you guys can punt or practice for 48 minutes. It sounded pretty good. So yeah. uh, I did it. So, yeah, that was that's what I did. OK, so now we get to a kind of a, a, a segue and a tie together. And um, who was your partner in crime while you were uh, while you were said uh, punter? And don't sell yourself short. You were an all state punter. <laughs> <laughs> now, JG, why do you laugh at that? <laughs> like that's that's, that's unfair. I'll, I I want to get into the inner workings of how to punt a ball. Well, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Well, it's um, yes. So, young Austin, uh, youthful Austin. I, I want to get away from young Austin. Okay. that's copycat, and I want youthful get Austin. Um, his father and I have been friends for a significantly long time since we were in high school, and his dad and I um, were both. He was the kicker, and I was the punter. And when we used to go on road trips, no one else could eat garbage and food because they actually had to play a football game. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, Austin's dad and I would just be pounding Twinkies and Ding Dongs and Tootsie Pops <laughs> like it was going out. Like, you know, tomorrow sugar was going to be against the law. Yeah. So, uh, yes. You guys bonded. Yes. And, uh, and they both were all states. So, I mean, for both their credit, that is actually something I give you kudos to that. As you walk through the the hallowed grounds of Capitol High, if you if you if you glance to the right, you will see pictures of the and, youthful, very youthful Jeff and and Chad. And, and I giggled, and I'm sorry because I'll be honest. There's nothing more frustrating than a fucking punter that shanks one in a crucial situation in the game, or a kicker that misses wide left, right. These guys are all state, dude. No, I know. Get off the jock. I'm just saying. But in all seriousness, though, <clears throat> you win football games. No, no, I did. I never won a football game. Um, now Jeff won some football games now, cause let's just put it this way. Jeff was a way better kicker than I was a punter. Okay. I was basically an all state punter by default. <laughs> cause I knew, I, I think I was the only guy in the state who knew how to kick a spiral. <laughs> hey man, take what you get. Right? I mean, you know, I mean, I wore a punter number. I mean, when number, oh, what 15, was that number? 16. Nice. When, when the, when your punter is number 57 <laughs> and is playing 61 snaps at middle linebacker, yeah. he's probably oh. not all that interested in yeah. kicking a spiral. Yeah. So yeah. that's fair. The competition, let's just say the competition level was yeah. not high. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you, you've, uh, you've covered your glorious high school years and now we're, we're, um, we're off to college. We're to go to school. 
The Boise State University. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. Yeah, with a couple prestige. of these guys. JJ's a honk from there as well. But uh, so, talk to me about that. Uh, it was easy, right? You just was uh, it a university? Did when you get you were a scholarship there? for your punting, or did you have to? Uh, <laughs> did you have to actually attend school? I actually had to attend school. They were nice enough to call me though in the summer and ask me if I would be interested in walking on to punt on their football cool. team. Pretty fucking cool. But unfortunately. Being a duplex kid. Uh, <laughs> Are you kidding? Rub that in our face the rest of this show? Or we're right here. I mean, I don't mean to big league everybody here, but I am a duplex kid. And being a duplex kid, um, we obviously were flush <laughs> with cash. And um, so, unfortunately, I had to sort of pay to go to school. So, couldn't really um, be at football practice six days a week and still work and put myself through school. So, I just... Became a student at Boise State University. Nice. Said major? Started out as a communications yes. major. Yes. yes. And then they were nice enough to have a class where they showed you how much communications majors made. And then I chanced, and then right I here. And then I went to marketing. <laughs> oh, you're a marketeer. Remember that group? <laughs> I am a marketeer. And my next album will be dropping on iTunes tomorrow night. <laughs> That's so awesome. you're a marketing major from Boise State University, and this back then was uh, Boise State's a very different university now than then, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, the only people who went to Boise State University back in the day were either people that were going back to school that were in their late 20s to early 30s or kids that were too poor to go anywhere else, and I fall into that second category. My parents. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, hit a, you hit a nerve with all of us. All right. So... Uh, you graduate, you put yourself through school, and then you got your first job, man. You're fucking fired up. It's it's time to go put your marketeering, uh, marketing degree uh, to work, and, and where do you land? Well, <clears throat> since apparently um, on the there were no jobs available at all of the large advertising firms <laughs> in the Boise area, <laughs> like I dreamed of, that I was going to be like, uh, I was going to be the next Don Draper. Yeah. Um, so... I went to work for a uh, small toy and novelty company called Russ Berry. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Russ Berry. Is that where you got your first bag then? I literally got my first bag and my first tackle box <laughs> um, <laughs> and my first troll doll yeah. and some pencil toppers. Yep. <laughs> some pencil toppers. Yep. And I had to buy some ties. And yeah. Oh, I thought I got some business cards. Yeah, you did. That's awesome. Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? I was 22 years old with business cards, and I was seeing people I went to high school yeah. still waiting tables. Yeah. You better step back. Yeah. Look at me. I got a business did card. Did you carry 50 to 100 of those on you at all times? Business cards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I You left hand, them everywhere. No, I stand on the street yeah. corner and hand them out. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's got my name. This is my, this is my business card. Yeah, why don't you take one of these and shit? <laughs> okay, so... You are a Russ Berry. You're you're peddling trolls, right? Uh, how long? So we this is where this uh, is where Steve. We had a uh, full featured um, gift and expressions line, not just troll dolls. Sorry, my bad. Did you have a binder that you'd walk people through the sales <clears throat> process? Like, oh yes, we yeah. had a binder. Yeah. Oh yeah, we would ask fifty to hundred close questions in a <laughs> specific uh, call, <laughs> and uh, you were only allowed to have one, maybe two. Scheduled appointments a day, and then you were supposed to fill the rest of your day with just walk-ins. Ooh. Cold calls. So why do I know that, Chad? Well, just- Steve, because on a faithful day back in 1992, <laughs> you decided to come. 1993, I think. I, well, was it December? I know we went in January of 93. I moved here in September of 92, but it was the winter. Yes. It was the it was, winter. It was oh, a God, cold, it was, it was cold, cold no, winter. We, no, no, no. Let him, we went to Chicago. 
but we, we did a ride with prior to that. You gave me we did one ride with like I, it was either Randy made us go on a ride with prior to us getting on a plane, I think. Or did we meet on the plane going to Chicago? Neither here nor there. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's I believe we did a ride with in 1992, right before Christmas. And then you came to work. And the first thing that we did was like two days after the new year, we flew to Chicago and stayed at that Hilton there in, in, the, O'Hare. O'Hare. in O'Hare. Yeah, Because and, of why? Well, because it snowed about six. No, 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 no. What was the reason for it? It was a convention. Yes. Of, 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 of oh. a lot. Oh, so, so national sales meeting. It was a national <laughs> sales meeting. So everybody's an outside rep. We all live out. So I had just gotten the job. And I can tell you what I got hired for. I got hired for $1,600 a month. And I got $30 a day per diem. Okay? That's, and it had to have been similar to what you got unless I got fucked. <laughs> <Bragger>. <laughs> Nobody likes a bragger. <laughs> so... Uh, I was peddling cars at the point, so hey, this was a good this was a good job for me. But peddling we go cars and... at a place that is now a Jackson's food store. <laughs> yeah, I killed him at peddling Jackson food shit. <laughs> I don't know job. what you're talking about. It's two pizzas a month. <laughs> That's a pizza, Sorry. pizza club. That's an but, inside but, joke, sorta. But that we'll kind of talk about that. It's a great segue because um, this this convention was uh, probably four or five hundred people from the U.S. Give or take. Was it that many? We took up the entire Chicago, uh, O'Hare, Sheridan, or Hilton, or whatever. I don't know. The, all I know is that there were three to 500 salespeople there, and not one single one of them was older than 28 years old. Yep. So, um, so Chad, he, 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 there was two people that represented a territory. They, they, they wouldn't let one person sell both lines. Well, so no. Chad was the, as he, he had made it very clear, he was the, the troll guy. He was kind of cool because the troll guys were... Trolls were hot. They were hotter than shit. But I he was so at, many trolls. He was at the downward side of his hotness. When <laughs> Gift I had, and expression line. Yeah. That's what we called it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I... Do you remember what I, my line was? Toothbrush. Plush. Oh, I was the plush fluffy, line. Fluffy nope. teddy bear? Nope. We were the plush line, fuckhead. Plush. I was the plush guy, okay? So I was teddy bear and stuffed animals, yet we were still commissioned after, like, I put toothbrush displays in, in, in places. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Legrand, I'm sorry. Legrand Payless, I, I take that one back. I did not mean to put that name toothbrush display. Rupert. Yeah. Rupert Ridley. Rupert. Yeah, they called too. Uh, so anyhow, we were commissioned basically to go to sell every fucking podunk town in... Idaho and Eastern Oregon, um, on very limited money. As as Chad mentioned, uh, it was basically it was a commission based job, um, and you had a route. So every five weeks, you basically, if I if I recall, it was about a five week to maybe six week rotation where you had to see everybody in that rotation. So you had this territory, and they gave you no cash, and they expected you to work your ass off. So uh, Chad and I became instant friends because on that plane flight to Chicago, we quizzed each other on. Every fucking sporting thing that you could. Who won the Heisman in 1984? Shithead. As we're drinking tonic after tonic after tonic after tonic. So uh, instant friends. Uh, and then, um, yeah, uh, we're back. We're, we're commission sales guys. And they tell you you're not allowed to travel with the other guy. You no. have to do your travel separately. It's a rule. Loosely enforced, we found. <laughs> How the hell would they enforce it? Nobody's they check it up really. on you. I don't think anybody's going to the Longhorn Inn and Pendleton no. to check it out. So we made uh, all of those familiar with Eastern Idaho and Boise. Uh, we took the drive in my Isuzu, uh, and we went from here, and we stopped. We went Pendleton. We went um, Hermiston, 
Uh, Don't forget Hepner. Uh, I would not forget Hepner. That was a big stop. That was one of our bigger accounts. Um, and then uh, Union. No, not Union. Uh, Wallawa. We had to do Wallawa. Yeah. So we killed that um, area. And for all you people wondering what the fuck Enterprise. they're talking about, look at a map. Check yeah, it out. Enterprise, These places Oregon. are literally like map dots, like yeah. baby. Yeah, oh. like, like zoom in. Get close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to get <laughs> really close. I mean, we're talking about places that have... 500 to 2,200 people. And the truck so, stop is the is the grocery store oh, slash yeah. like town meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to do this because Marky Mark's not here, and he gets – this is the happiest he's ever been in his life is when he hears about me selling teddy bears. Like it brings great joy to him to know that I actually peddled teddy bears for a living. <laughs> so um, he, his big story that I always key on is the council drug. Can you um, talk about how we overloaded her, <laughs> stop in and stop out? Like you beg her not to buy stuff. Can you just elaborate, please? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happened. And so, it was so obvious that the only reason that she did it was because she felt sorry for the pathetic existence of you that, too. Oh my god, yeah, that oh we yeah. had. Because her husband who was the pharmacist there would just look out at us and just shake her head at her as she was just buying Hordes of oh, just <laughs> hordes of things that if every person in the greater Boise County area came and bought one, they'd. Uh, st- I'm, I'm not sure that's Boise County. Oh, it's not. I'm not sure hey, that's accurate. Hey, youth philosophy, you want to actually do something? Look up what? Cambridge, Idaho. Yep, it was Cambridge drug. That's right, not council drug. But we had council. We we had that market corner too. Oh yeah, I mean it's just a 25 mile ro- drive up the road. Oh, You'd ride one's a-, a lumberjack, and. Um, and one, one is a bulldog. And one's the home of Matt Paradis. No, remember that? We, uh, yeah, but we coached against, well, I did. I coached against those guys in eight-man football. Cambridge, Cambridge was the Bulldogs. Council was the Lumberjacks. Absolutely. And we were the savages. Or should I say, savages. <laughs> Why do you say it like <laughs> well, that? Well, I don't know. I, it sounds. <laughs> it's, it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything yet? Washington County. <clears throat> Again, like I said, in, in Washington County. All of those counties. I mean, I'm going to need to play that back, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I started with Washington County, and it sounds like I've been pretty much been verified. Absolutely. Yep. You got hoodwinked there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, we oversold a poor old lady that was 95. Um, but it's sort of your job, too. It was. We were actually I mean, instructed. She, like, if we had paying, ride with, yeah. well, you had ride with Randy, obviously. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. Randy was our boss, by the way, for those of you. Um, yeah. And he was a big up-and-comer in the Rustberry gift and uh, expressions line. Yes. He moved here from Seattle. Nope. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that, but, but he grew up in... Haver, Montana. Yes, he did. <laughs> or actually, Conrad, Montana, <laughs> and then went to college in Haver. Had to move to the big city yeah. to go to college. And if any of you have ever been to Haver, Montana, it's about 22 miles South of the Canadian border, I lived there when I was younger. Um, <laughs> like the average in a duplex? Uh, no, I think we lived in an apartment there for a while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but then, I mean, Mr. Hoy, you told you didn't have duplex money back then. Well, no, we actually had house money back then. <laughs> we actually moved into a house, one of the only houses that I lived in growing up. And I will tell you right now that when you live in Haver and it's you and forty seven hundred of your closest <laughs> friends. Apparently, rent for houses is pretty cheap, yeah. so we were able to really finagle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. 
So Randy was a uh, he was instructed to teach us how to sell the Brent, Ben Franklin clothes, the pizza clothes, Ooh. the alternative clothes. What's a Ben Franklin clothes? Chad. When you get to the clothes, you say, you know what? When I you come to big decisions like this, I always like to harken back to one of the founders of our country, Ben Franklin. <laughs> There's no way. Okay, okay, okay. Guy... Do it. Go ahead. <laughs> no way. No, no, this is accurate. We were taught this close. We were absolutely taught this close. Austin, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> and for God's sakes, don't fucking listen to him at all. Because I don't want you learning this shit. <laughs> I want to use this. I always want. I harken back to one of the founders of our country, Ben Franklin. And the way Ben Franklin used to make big decisions is that he used to pull out a piece of paper and he would put the pros and the cons of that said decision on that piece of paper. So. What you do then with the client is that you pull out a pad of paper in front of them and you say, well, let's start listing the pros and cons. So you get them to say, what was it that you liked about it? And typically a client will say a thing or two. And then you add on a couple of things as well. What about this? We talked about that. And typically they're in a pretty agreeable mood. Yeah. So you usually get anywhere Actually between... Actually, write this shit down, Austin. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> you too, JJ. Anywhere between three and six <laughs> pros... On that, I can see JJ brought his wife's uh, notebook. <laughs> For those of you that can't see it, it's lime green. Apparently, they were out of all the boy colors, but he liked it so much he went ahead and bought it. We don't uh, judge here. Okay, back to judging because this is how the Ben Franklin close <laughs> finishes up. And then you say, well, what are the cons for it? And then you shut up <laughs> and make them come up with it. And then typically they can only come up with one or two, and then yeah. you add them up at the bottom, and it's six pros and two cons, <laughs> and I don't know why we're not buying. <laughs> sold, well, there you sold, go. Sold. I told you sales 101. That's beautiful right there. So let's just say that I tried that a couple of times, and uh, yeah. I'm, uh, You're not proud of it, are you? N- no. I turned out a lot like Andrew Hamilton <laughs> in a duel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So I, like uh, that. I made it a year with that fine company. How long do you make it? Three years. Three plus years. Very impressive. Um, okay, so you went on to do what after that? I sold general medical supplies to hospitals, nursing homes, and medical dealers. Okay, so you started out, I was trying to recall, you started out as a medical supply guy, a device guy, correct? If you consider shoe covers and <laughs> <laughs> anima bags, <laughs> medical devices, Steve, then yes, that's what I sold. <laughs> Yes. Perfect. Yes, I do. Actually. That's exactly what I That's thought. That's exactly what I meant. I mean, why'd you ever get out? How much are your bed pants? <laughs> so that that was like uh, everything. You sold everything to hospitals at that point. Yes. <laughs> why the hell did you get out of that? Because I didn't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because yeah. it sucked. So this starts your kind of professional hitman career. Is that accurate? Uh... Sales hitman. When did you become a sales hitman accurately? I would say probably 2004 when I left um, my first technology job was probably when I began a little bit of a uh, perpetual free agency period in my career. <laughs> Which you're still in, right? Oh, wait. If you're listening, uh, who do you work for now? Yeah. Um, Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> I work for a... Uh, you don't have to use first names. Yeah. IOT Ooh, okay. company. We don't know what that means. Internet of things. It's connectivity of machines. <laughs> okay. It's machine to machine connectivity. Okay. Okay. 
perfect. So I've um, always been the technical one in Steve and I's relationship. <laughs> that's not <laughs> but it, hard. But it didn't to start be. out that way. So that, that's what I want to get to. So um, we had mentioned that we worked together when we were pushing uh, plush and teddy bears and all that shit. So um, and we've been friends ever since. But uh, played softball together. I forgot to touch upon the softball years. Uh, shit, we won a title together back in those days at Pi- right in the Pioneer League. Remember that with Pro Staff. Yes, I okay. think we were called Kendall Temps. Oh, something like Ooh. that. That's right. I think and then right. we were called something else when we played with uh, youthful Austin's dad. Yes, correct. Yes, Roasters. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> for some reason, we were spot- Okay, but anyhow, we've known each other for years. Um, and you were working in a different industry at that point. I was working in a different industry. Um, you were selling medical supplies. Where'd you go after that? Then it became a pharma rep. Okay. So you're pushing drugs now versus devices. What's the difference? I don't think people know. And then yeah. why did people get out of that industry? I'm really curious. Well, I think the misnomer is is that people make ungodly amounts of money as pharmaceutical reps. I think that. What you make is, what, at least in my world and the pharmaceutical, it is an incredibly easy job once you understand the product that you sell because you're really do what I like to call a milk run where you just call on the same physicians in a over and over like a one month or six week cycle. Yeah. Very and similar to Russ Berry though. It's, it's, you got that territory. You're, you're constantly calling the same territory. Correct. But I had a really, really, really fat expense account back then. That was back <laughs> yeah, before all of the pharma getting to all the pharmaceutical, uh, legislation went down. Um, it kind of changed all of that, but yeah, back in the f- days that I worked there, it was kind of the wild west of, Huge. I mean, just as an example, the last national sales meeting I went to at the pharma company that I worked for, they flew 2,700 salespeople to Japan for a week. Wow. And just a party the entire time? No, there were a lot of really high-level meetings. <laughs> <laughs> they taught the Ben Franklin. Were, you, were you in Tokyo or where were you? Tokyo, Tokyo? And, uh, um, and Nagasaki? I don't I'm not allowed to say like that. You always say it like that. I took Japanese. Don't do it that way. (laughs) I don't. You know. I don't know. Did you see how he says it? Say it again. Uh, You told me I can't do it. Nagasaki. (laughs) So racist. You have to enunciate. Is that enunciation or racism? I don't know. Call it what you want. I did. Racism. (laughs) He was very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Racism. (laughs) Thanks. But I would say, yeah. So back in those days. I, had a hu- I mean, just to give you an example, when I first started there in 1997, if you spent less than $1,500 in a week for expenses, you didn't even need a manager's signature to get reimbursed for what? the expenses. That's how we do things What here. the fuck you do? What I mean, what, what, are, what did Four you Four T's, do? baby. 10 to 2, Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve scheduled the day. <laughs> Today's Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? I tell you what, if you can, if you can get it, yeah. Don't. So how rea- long I've worked for this shit? <laughs> yeah. The reality is, is that uh, you don't, you don't do a ton. The benefits are unbelievable. I mean, I had a company car. I won two trips to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Um, went, you know, which you're single-handedly responsible, and I hate your guts for because who John won both of those. The Denver Broncos did. Yeah, oh. and you like the Broncos as much as I do, right? That you is hate, correct. Yeah, we I hate despise them. them, and I did not like John Elway, but I got to watch him hoist the Vince Lombardi Trophy two Twice. years in a row. You're singly <laughs> responsible. But yep. I did get to spend an all-expense-paid weekend in San Diego and Miami <laughs> to see the Super Bowl. and uh, No regrets. <laughs> yeah. I have no regrets. <laughs> good. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. So I was a farmer rep, 
And actually, it was kind of interesting because we had a sales meeting and it was actually over Halloween. And I was irritated beyond all belief that I had missed being able to spend Halloween with my then two young children because I had to be at a sales meeting over a weekend. And so I called. I just happened to touch bases with Steve and he was looking for a sales guy at that point. Nice. Yep. Um, so I was back. We've talked about back at my extended system days when I was a, we may or may not have actually, uh, when I was a sales manager there, blah, blah, blah. And um, I thought it was time, you know, Chad kind of saw the, I think the, you know, hating to speak for him, but the writing on the wall that the pharma laws had changed. And like he had mentioned, and high tech was booming. Um, we were looking for good, well, people I could trust. And I want to, I say this without any hesitation that, that Chad is a professional salesperson. He's, he's, if not the best salesperson I've worked with, <laughs> one of the best. And, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Like, you actually used to be. I, I know you're not anymore. Stop winking at JJ yeah, when I no. say that. <laughs> he, he used to be. Like, when I hired him at Extend Systems, there's no question. I, and I didn't hire him. We hired him. But um, he, he was the number one guy, and he the one guy I could count on to get shit done when months were uh, – I mean, we were – uh, we were under the gun every quarter to hit numbers, right, Chad? So, <laughs> that, so how was that different from from pharma? Um, it's different in the regard that since we were building a new marketplace, you kind of throw a number at the wall and you have to go get it and figure out creative ways to do it. When I was a pharma rep, the market was so mature yeah. that a one or two percent increase in market share in your market was you know was astronomical. So they'd give you a number, and really all you had to do was grow the business, you know, six to eight percent year over year, and you'd be a rock star. Right. But here you, we were going from zero to whatever number, make it up, you whatever know, we made up. Yeah, you know, I mean, you guys so, know what that's like as a startup. You've got a specific number that you kind of need to to pay the bills, and and we were in that. But we were lucky enough to be at Extended, be in a company that had a couple of other divisions that could float us mm-hmm. while we were trying to get our feet under us so i want to create the correlation so big pharma or whatever you had this established mature you know sales number or whatever quota um but you've been in other technology sales jobs right like uh, i reckon back to the people in spokane that we worked with you on right so do you do you think there's a generational uh change in the way salespeople attack shit today especially with like this subscription as a service the 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 website design that sort of shit the mobile app stuff i feel like there's not true salespeople that fucking exist in these new startup worlds but i could be completely you know wrong what do you what do you see out there it's interesting i think you see you see two types of people um and i think that people that are steve and i's age at you know 50 yeah and in steve's case 52 yeah old as shit um you find people that didn't really weren't able to live kind of the high life of the late nineties and the dot com yeah. bubble. Um, so they kind of had to do it the old fashioned way and, and work at it. So you find two different people. You find the folks that are <clears throat> 60, you know, 50 plus year or 55 plus years old that still think that all they need to do is pick up the telephone and the fax. Ma- they still think yeah, the fax machine the fax ring. Is relevant. Yeah. And that, uh, <laughs> The, the deals will come in. And then, unfortunately, you have, you know, millennials, which I've managed and worked with in the past. And, you know, and I see it even with my own children to some degree that there's a level of expectation for what the world owes them. Yeah. So staying at the Longhorn 
and splitting it with your sales partner because you only had a $30 per diem and you wanted to spend $8 on a 12-pack yeah. of beer <laughs> seems completely foreign to yeah, them. We got or- so fucked up that night. <laughs> it wasn't just beer. We got vodka, too, dude. Remember, we went on... That was a he rough splurged. night. Well, we didn't want to watch our black and white 19-inch TV, <laughs> oh. right? But we did have hot coffee. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we did. And if you, any of those that remember showering in junior high back that are our age that was our shower the one that sounded that felt like a thousand needles piercing you felt like you were getting <laughs> yeah. a tattoo all over your body yeah. the entire time yeah that or was a what de-lousing that was like. yeah <laughs> no offense <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> um, no, i don't think that's up for debate <laughs> yeah so we passed by um which i wanted to key on it and and the esi the culture um we came into a kind of a for all of us, it was kind of a new culture. We were building something. Um, I I ended up leaving, and then Chad uh, won the job and became sales manager and kind of carried on the tradition. But um, you, you said you became a hitman after that, and I'm curious why? Why? After how long were you at ESI? I forget. And then um, why did you become a hitman after that? Was it wh- what was it? So I was at ESI for four years, um, a year and a half as a sales guy, and two and a half years as a sales manager. Um, it was a great run. Uh, I left because the people in senior management had changed and just and it was putting a big uh, change in the culture of the organization. And I think that's why the people, at least that worked for m- me and in my group, that's why they were there. Um, so I left. Plus, I just got money whipped to death. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you went to, that's when you went to a major phone company, Nokia, right? Yeah, that's when I went to work at Ericsson. Or Ericsson, okay. Um, and uh, at that point, I moved to Dallas. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was in my mind at that point. It was an opportunity to take the experience that I'd gained at Extended Systems and take it to a bigger stage. Yeah, that's a huge move, like for your family, for you. I mean, that's that's big. At, yeah. I was, uh, at that point, did you feel like the high tech? Because I know you you were. You had trepidation of getting out of the farmer world and getting into high tech. You weren't a high tech guy, and I told you, don't fucking worry about it. You make it up. That's what I do. You'll be fine. <laughs> Find buzzwords. It's all cool. You'll, you're a salesperson. You'll figure it out. Um, and you did. I mean, very easily. You, I mean, you didn't know shit about technology, and then all of a sudden you're a technology rep because you're a smart guy. You know how to sell shit. Um, do you look at that move like, was that beneficial now, or do you kind of look at it like, I should have fucking stick around and done pharma? I don't. I don't look back at pharmaceutical at the pharmaceutical sales and say I think I should have stayed there. I have friends that are still in it, and the culture and the way that that's done now is so much different than what I did, you know, twenty years ago. That I would never go back there. Right. Um, plus, after looking back and seeing <clears throat> the way we did business and the way business is done in that industry and what their objectives are, yeah. Uh, just from a moral standpoint, it would be very difficult for me to go back into that at that point. Back when I was 29, 30 years old and I was doing that, I truly believed at the end of the day when I got home that I was really helping people out. Yeah. But now that I look back at it, um, you know, just it's not different. a pharmaceutical companies are about making money and it's a lot. You make a lot more money um, treating disease than curing disease. And that's just one of my yeah. political rants. So sure. I won't get that's, into that. That's fine. <clears throat> yep. But I think that that's why I would never go back into it. Um, I'm into, you know, I enjoy technology. It's okay. It's paid the bills. Um, it's, you know, fed my family. So 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would never go back and get into the medical field. Have you ever worked at a company that had that culture that we had for that short term? No. And Why was it different? It was different in the regard that everybody was accountable. And somehow, someway, we policed each other. And that is something that you don't see very often anymore. Um, the reality is, is that you don't need to show up at work at 7.05 very many times and have people tell you good afternoon before you realize that maybe you can just get there 10 <laughs> minutes earlier. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, and I just think that at that point, it was just you, if you're lucky enough to work around a group of people that you trust and you believe in and they believe in you, then you're willing to, and don't have an agenda. And I think that last one is the hardest. Yeah, yeah is to find people that don't really have a long-term agenda and they're not trying to manipulate you to get to their next place. Yeah. And at when we were at Extended Systems, it wasn't like that for the first couple, three years that we were there. Yeah. Um, towards the end, it really became... Well, when Pat went away, it changed. Yeah, yeah. So, we, we lost our insulation <clears throat> from all the bullshit. So, yes, that's why. And then when you work in a big company, it just... It takes so many signatures and different things to get stuff done that it's just, it really, you go from being the what gets it done to, you know, we need to make sure that Bill and Bob and Stan <laughs> sign this thing yeah. just so in yeah. case it goes, you know, Sideways. the wrong direction. Yeah. Everybody's got air cover. And so, yeah. But that's I mean, hard. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that w- that's what makes the difference. And it's, and it's hard in today's world to find people that are that committed to a single goal. And not only that, but then you have to have managers that you trust and believe in that'll have your back if something goes wrong. And a lot of times in today's world, that's not the case because everybody's for the most part out trying to cover their own ass. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank you. That's yeah, perfect. No, that's Perfectly true. said. That's exactly how we used to do things. And um, I've always been very proud of those years, actually. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mandy on one of the other previous podcast and those guys were the engineering geeks so no, no other sales brethren in, in that group but still those days of the esi you know that we're all still friends and because the engineers were obviously just as big as part as anybody so we, we were a team it was good we, we lost austin <laughs> i oh, sent him he, on a beer run oh is he getting beer for yeah, us yeah 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 youthful austin yeah he does have a purpose uh and so it's interesting I, and he's not on mic so you know as, as you've known this guy since he was born right that is correct. And um, we're training a, a newbie to be like he's never been in sales. and uh, Run. <laughs> he's already, you know what the worst part is? He's already, he's already caught it, though. He caught the bug. Yeah. Well, I heard him talking about the bug here on a previous broadcast, and it felt to me like he was just lying. Well, like faking it pandering to you uh, yeah. it feels well, that he, way at times he has to still he's yeah. still young and we haven't done his review that's true i mean he still <laughs> is in his 90-day probationary yeah, period absolutely. so i i understand <laughs> uh, but it, it, i find it cool like not to get too sentimental like, you know it's, but it, it's it's cool to um well then go ahead and wipe the tears away from your eyes so oh, the people yeah. on, the, on the radio can, your, can you guys see that out. on radio <laughs> uh no but uh just um taking another generation and uh I don't know why they want to be a salesperson and be part of this, but um, JJ was similar. Uh, again, the age difference, you know, it, wanting to get into this world of where you're accountable. And you said it in that last part where accountability and nobody wants to be fucking accountable anymore. And it's a big thing we deal with. Um, our company keeps getting better and better with accountability. But, yeah. Um, 
Not but just again, salespeople, but, everybody. Like everybody needs to be accountable for absolutely. what the fuck they do. But also from from top down, holding people accountable, setting expectations so that they know what they're accountable to, right? Having those clear like you know, I mean you you reference Pat as being one of the leaders, right? Like that that's it's a trickle down. It's gotta start somewhere. Absolutely. People aren't gonna just show up and say, Hey, I'm gonna be accountable to, to this this organization, this goal that's great and lofty, right? They're not gonna get there on their own. It takes fucking somebody saying, Hey, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, get in where you fit in and let's fucking do this, right? Yeah, can you communicate that to the team more? I'm gonna be gone. For, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take some time off. <laughs> You're such a turd. Well, I think that I mean I do think that's important though, and I mean I one of the, you know people talk about most people say they get into sales because they want to make money, right? And I think everybody wants to make money, and I can say it. Fifty years old, and you know, four kids into this thing that there's never enough money. Okay, I've had right. great years, and I've had not great years, and I've been unemployed, and I've been all over the map. And there's never quite enough money, um, regardless of how much you have. Yeah. Um, but what you can have is you can have an environment that you feel good and energized about going to on a day in and day out basis. And, you know, just to harken back to Pat. <clears throat> and when I first started working at extended systems, things were a little tight financially yeah. and I yeah. was ready to go back to the farmer world gosh, probably 60, 75 days after I started at ESI. Nothing to do with anybody at ESI or anything that anyone had promised me, but it was getting difficult to pay the bills. And I remember Pat pulled me aside in the hall and he just said, um, what's this nonsense I hear about? Actually, I think he said bullshit. What's this bullshit, <laughs> <He would have laughs> what's this bullshit I hear that you're thinking about leaving? And I said, you know, it's nothing personal. I just, I'm having a tough time making ends meet and I put my family in a tough situation um, here financially. And and he goes, well, we ain't fucking losing yet. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said. He goes, you, we need you to be here. And he said, you know, what's it going to take to keep you here? Yeah. And we sat down and I, I got a raise. But, I mean, it wasn't like I went from making, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I got a 200% raise. We got a little bump and we figured no, something no. out. Pat, Pat wouldn't do that. Uh, our biggest fight was me trying to get a 10% bump from Pat. We got put in the grill room. Remember the grill room? I got a twenty percent right there on the spot. Apparently, you're not a very good negotiator. <laughs> I was making a lot of money, yeah. and Pat didn't like to do reviews. Yes, no, Pat did not do reviews. When he did review, if he he would avoid your review for as long until you finally said, "Dude, I can't fucking get a bump till we do my review," and then we'd go to the grill room, and he'd say, "And you know that you have you you've been to body or no. bodybuilding now? Yeah, but I don't know. The you grill suck." Room. <laughs> Right, and the you room. still suck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. The grill room were these little tiny. I mean, it's where we would uh, talk to vendors, mm -hmm. but we'd also could do our interviews in there, and they were about three feet by three. I mean, they were really they, small. You felt like you being interrogated. Yeah. No conference room. Okay, about They're, half the size of a prison cell. Yes, honestly, he, he's not with the one small window. Yeah, yeah. windows. You had a one, one with a window. The window was in the door. Yeah. <laughs> so people could look in and see whether there was bloodletting. <laughs> That's actually true. So we go to the grill room and he fucking lost his shit on me. And I just looked at him and he said, fucking pay me. And I walked. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just hated to lose. It was more of the losing thing. He had could care less about how much we made. I got that out of him as he was uh, dying of cancer. But that's a whole other story, everybody. <laughs> Not a fun one either. No. Oh, Never actually... Is. There's some pretty fun shit in there. There's a good story or two in there that I'm going to get to at some point. I want to have Sue on the show. I want to, yeah, there, there's some really um, incredible stuff there. But, yes, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, and you just don't see that very often in today's 
world. You don't see somebody pulling you aside and recognizing that they've got your back. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't like I was some special talented unicorn no. at extended systems. And, you know, the company was just going to shut her up if I somehow went back to peddling drugs. It was more about you're the type of person that I want on my team. And there's yeah. other people around here that are like you. And, you know, we're not going to lose. You know, it wasn't you. It was more of an indication of you're the type of person that we want around yep. here. And he would have done the same thing for any of the others that we had at that point. Yeah, you're a fucking punter. Except for you. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Dallas and got hammered and uh, called on EDS. Remember that? The three of us, you and I and Pat, went to Dallas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do remember that. And that was probably the last time we went out with... That was, the, that was the last time I went out on the road with Pat. Yeah, he was at that point he was getting uh, sick. But, uh, but no, we had a great time, and it was, uh, it was a good send-off. And, uh, yeah, and then we went and visited EDS. And, yeah, this is how dense I was when I got into technology. <clears throat> we used to get a lead list every day. We had a good marketing department back in the good old days, and we'd send out mailers, and people would respond to them. And then every day uh, we would get— We don't do that here, Austin. You, you fucking you knock on doors. Yeah. <laughs> Go we ahead. Get a, we would get a lead list. But with that lead list, you came the uh, mandate that you had to make at least 50 outbounds a day. That was my mandate. Yeah. yeah. Steve's an ass. Yeah. 250 <laughs> calls a week. You had to make 250 outbound phone calls a week. And that metric proved to be successful. Right. Maybe. And the people that were successful were doing 350, 420. I think the first few weeks, months I was there, I was doing 350 to 400 outbounds. Hammering the phones. Just hammering them. Well, yeah. the reality is, is that if once you get started, you're going to leave seven voicemails for every human you're going yeah. to talk to. But we get on the call and I get somebody and you know I'm on the phone with somebody and Steve and I's desks were right next to each other and it was a fairly open work environment. And I'm like, I get off and I look at Steve and I hadn't been there that long, maybe two or three weeks. And I'm like, wow, that was a really good call. And he's like, well, who was that with? And, he, and I'm like, EDS. And Steve's like, EDS. And he's completely freaking out. And I had no idea. I mean, EDS, BDS. It couldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I thought they were, you know, a nonprofit or something. I mean, I had no idea that they were, you know, largest systems integrator in the world. I'm like, yeah, I have a meeting. We're supposed to go to Indianapolis here in a couple of weeks. He's like, what? That's awesome. Let's take our business, VP of business development. We made up titles on the spot. Oh, yeah. So that's who we took. (laughs) Is that me or Pat? No, it's another entrepreneur here in the Greater oh, Treasure no, Valley. No, no, not 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 Tard. <laughs> not Tard Tard. Yeah. You took Tard Tard on one of those trips? I'd been there a month. Do you think I could tell him you couldn't go? <laughs> I would. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is this your nemesis? Uh he was an uh one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a sellout too. Um this is the the type of guy that would um he he would tell you what his GPA was in college to a prospect uh, to qualify himself because he had to overcome his dyslexia and all his other fucking shit that he went through <laughs> in his own mind. No, I'm serious. So he was a, he's a smart guy. Like yeah. he is a smart guy, sure. but he's a conniving backstabbing son of a bitch. If you're out there, tarred. Uh, <laughs> and that's all there is to say. He got, uh, he got ran out. That's a whole nother. That's a story. I'm going to, if we can ever get, um, our other Brad, oh. no, if we can ever get Brad on here, uh, he would. That's a wonderful story All right. like, for a high tech kind of a weird sort of fucking story. Yeah, a lot of shit went down, uh, right. and he was a backstabbing conniving sure. bastard. All right. So those are the politics that go on at um, in that corporate again world. because we went from private to public. Yeah. So it was uh, in the high tech stage. We went from 
$4.25 one day to sell for $147. And like, split. And then and again. Split, and then and again. Split. I mean, yeah. it was the most was nuts. crazy time in the world. All my options were underwater at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Mine turned into stuff, so they were underwater too, bro. <laughs> there are some people that are still living in their houses from those days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my old, old partner, developer, yeah. Our old partner, M. And, Not and, me. Yeah, no, we, uh, I know you just missed it, but I mean, again, mine got shat on too. But needless to say, it was an interesting time chasing that. Um, we become a partner with Microsoft, and we we, we were have. I mean, we're going to be bought out by Palm. Yeah, all these fucking crazy times. So we were all involved in that, um, and it was a wonderful, weird time. But the one thing I want to key on the most that Chad talked about was the culture and the team and the um, how different that was, and and uh, to kind of not. I don't know, toot our own horn here, but it's the same thing we try to create here. Uh, a little differently, but, you know, I mean, it, obviously I'm not going to change much. Uh, JJ's kind of in, you know, obviously taking his own slant to it, but, I mean, accountability. Um, but with honesty, like, uh, you know, if we got to pull somebody aside and say, you're not losing yet, we're going to do the same kind of fucking thing that Pat did. Yeah. At least that's our goal. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that stuff up. No, and I think you guys brought something up in a previous podcast that I listened to. <clears throat> when I became your 11th listener. Hell yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> yep. Um, it's just that uh, the ability to separate business from uh, the personal aspects of your relationship, because it's tough to do, because when you get into a relationship with people that you're close to, and it was actually one of the funny things when uh, Steve and I began the dialogue about me potentially going to work for him, people knowing our personalities, thought, yeah. there's just no way in hell you guys are going to be able to work for each other. And it was funny, because I don't think you and I ever had any concerns about that that was the no. furthest from you know and i don't worry about smart people <clears throat> and good people and working together yeah and i just thought i always thought that if you know somebody and you respect them you're not going to want to be the you that know, guy you're well not. you're not going to want to make them look stupid yeah so and i was so i always thought there was a little bit more pressure to to live up to the expectations than there was uh but i think my my point is is that i just think that you when you're in that environment you have to be able to to vent about business and you have to be able to make business separate from your personal things. And I remember being in yelling and screaming matches with people at extended systems. And even after Steve and Pat were gone, um, I still had people that, that worked for me um, after they left that still, you know, covet being able to be in that environment where you could feel like you could trust yourself to go in and basically tell your boss, go fuck himself. Yeah. Yeah. You're and, wrong. <clears throat> yeah. I don't, I don't agree with you or, yeah. Or, or to be, or to be transparent enough with your salespeople to walk into a whiteboard and go, "Hey, we got a deal, and I need you, you, and you to come in here and let's whiteboard this thing out and figure it out." Yep. And it may not be somebody; it may not even be that person's deal, but those guys wanted to be a part of it, or those yep. gals wanted to be a part of it. And and as a manager, you expose yourself to say, "I don't have all the answers." Right. And most managers, they ref- don't ever do that. No. Yeah. So so that's uh, huge. Young, youthful Austin. Saw, I think saw JJ and I go at each other for the first time, just yesterday. Just yesterday, but I mean, it wasn't a huge one. No, but it was. But it, we don't do it very often. But, but we I do mean, it. Con- I mean, but it, it's yes constant. and no. But I mean, <laughs> it was. We we had the same thing. The Pat and I used to go through. Where just a little fuck yourself, go fuck yourself, <laughs> uh, and fuck you too, and um, walked away. The and poets. Then it, the poets. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. It was that classy. Uh, 
And then I think ten minutes later we walked over and steamed, right? Yeah, yeah. Got a steam and in. Did, didn't say fucking word about it. Yeah. So, and I learned that from Pat because Pat and I would yell at each other yeah. at the top of our lungs. And as soon as that that door shut, it's a let's go get a beer. What's let's. fucked up is that that's how I grew up. So that's like what my marriage is like because <laughs> that's how my parents were and my grandparents were. And it doesn't really translate the same when it, when you get into that sort of relationship. Just just for everybody out there, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good take. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you though because that's but it, it's so comfortable for me in in the business setting though like um I don't know any other way like we're, we're very honest and raw and, and uh it hurts us sometimes uh we've driven people out for sure um, we've, people we've are lost scared. employees yeah. uh that don't know how we interact with each other and what they 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 see mom and dad yelling at each other and they don't they know panic. The fuck they yeah it's weird we've uh, had millennials straight up give us feedback yeah. that like are yelling or arguing in a conference room that they can hear through the walls and they don't know how to respond themselves when it's not even about them it's not directed towards them uh but it, it was eye-opening for me to get that feedback it was uh we're, we're better off without them but we do we did try to make some changes as not to, really I mean, uh, yeah whatever. no we haven't <laughs> i think the only way you can run a company especially if it's a smaller company um, like you guys have here is you i mean you have you have to live you got to walk it, yeah, like you talk it. And if you start to start to make concessions for others, then you're not going to have the right people working for you, and you'll end up living a lie. And ultimately, yeah. it doesn't work out. And yeah. so that's, I mean, for the most part, the reason that I became nomadic as a technology salesperson is, you know, some was coincidence and circumstance, but really the reality is just trying to chase the right opportunity to get into the right environment. Yeah, and it's been tough. Um, you're still chasing. Well, you got to feed the family, and you got to. Right. Know, there's a lot of fucking things that go into that, and this market doesn't necessarily. You're a heavy hitter now, and I said that in all you know due respect is like you command a certain amount of money, and this market doesn't bear that money all the time. That is correct. If you want to work in Boise, Idaho, and live here, which we made the concerted effort, I mentioned that we moved away to Dallas, and we lived in Dallas for six or seven years, and then we moved to Cincinnati and lived there for three or four years, and then moved back here about five years ago. Um, you have to become incredibly f- familiar with the uh, remote parking lot at uh, the Boise <laughs> Airport uh, to go out and visit your clients um, because there aren't places here within the community that, you know, the wages here are not uh, where they are yeah. in other parts of the country. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just that simple. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, overall, <clears throat> you know, finding guys that you can work for and that you can trust and you can – deal with on a day in and day out basis and don't feel like you have to bite your tongue or you have to the worst part about working for a place is agreeing with something that you know isn't going to work or you've done it before and it just doesn't have traction but since you're in the position that you are in you're really relegated to having to agree and well, it's the same. That's tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> we have that same issue. Yeah. Yeah. This company. So you spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time biting my tongue, and you know, unfortunately, I've gotten to the point to where you know I'm, I'm to where I'm just feeding my family. Yeah. At right. this point, and doing it, um, I feel pretty good about where I am now. Um, I work for a really good guy, and uh, that's been great so far. Nice. And they seem to be, seem to be in it for the long haul. So and that's sometimes the guys out of my gal's country. You still working that angle? 
Well, I mean, I've only been there for three months, Steve. Well, that's why I asked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I you know, say, let, can we just be honest here? He, he was uh, our salesperson in two different jobs uh, over the last And the years. last time we and, saw uh, him, he, he just wanted catalog, us to open an I, account no, so no, they could yeah. hit his quota. When he gave me his catalog, I was very point blank. I said, so... Who's taking your place, and can you give me their contact info? <laughs> That's how we started the conversation. <laughs> In full transparency, I actually had coffee with a guy who they're interviewing for that position <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, listening audience, all six or seven of you, uh, I have been a reference for this man standing for the last 15... Well, yeah, after ESI, I have... I can't tell you how many references I've given, and I shower and I clean myself after every one. Right? Like I have, the things I say. No, of course I'd hire him back. He is a go getter. No, of course you want a guy that's going to go out there and knock off. He is that guy, and I sit. Well, not now with a lot of, like confidence, but I do it because I, I love you as a friend. <laughs> I want you to get the gig, but you ain't got that heart anymore, bro. Uh, I would say... <laughs> oh, my God. Where's Mark? <laughs> High-pitched voice. Ah, I didn't do that. <laughs> I would say that some of the cold calling and prospecting <laughs> stuff gets a wee bit old at well, 50 years old. Yeah. Steve's telling me every fucking day. He's like, that's, the, that's his line in the sand, right? Like, he I won't just, do it. Yeah, he's just done. I won't do it. He's throwing his hands up in the air. Right? No cold calling. I'm not chasing these little... You I don't know. even take phone calls anymore. Eh, that's not true. Well, I do. Yeah. I just don't find... I don't find that stuff to be... Earmuffs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you lost it. <laughs> He's supposed to knock on doors, dude. No, I mean, knocking on doors, I think... We in, all have to learn there. Carry in what, bag. And what you guys do, it's a little more day-to-day. Because, I mean, you yeah. guys are yeah. relatively... Uh, not to diminish, but, I mean, you're transactional. Yeah. A, guy yeah, opens up, a guy opens up a I restaurant... Love it. I guy opens it. up in a restaurant, he's going to need a POS. Yeah. Chad, I, I sold Bleeding Edge back in our day, right? Bleeding Edge, yeah. yeah. How's that fit? Remember that term? <laughs> no, I do remember yeah. it. And, and, and it was hard. Is... Like, you had, to, you, had to, you had to teach, like, for through most of the sales cycle. You were explaining why your product was going to be good for him as opposed yeah. to what we do now, which yeah. is commoditized, right? Yeah. You need a point-of-sale system. You have to live with a point-of-sale system. Yeah. So it's like, I'll take commoditized over Bleeding Edge all day. I don't, get, I don't get to call it sea level anymore, obviously, unless you're talking about cooks or chefs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Apparently, the standard for good has gone down. Uh, <laughs> but I would say, but yeah, and it, and it is interesting because you know we at the place that I'm at now, we work at the sea level, and I mean we're CEO, COO, yeah. and listen, Ooh. I don't know if you know this or not, but no one is sitting around. At their desk right now going, <laughs> God damn, I can't wait till Chad calls. <laughs> it's not happening. No. And uh, I got a question on the C-level stuff. Have you ever heard of a chief business officer, a CBO? And that seems to be a title that's being thrown around a little bit. Yeah. Really? Uh, so the I other, thought that was completely What is the up. most made-up C-level title you've ever directly interacted with? And did your, one of your last two or three employers come up with the best of them? <laughs> No names mentioned, but um, an old ex-worker of ours works for him, and he's having fireside chats. Oh, <laughs> he, can't. he can't. I can't do that. I mean, you can. I but. just did. What's his title? Uh, what is it? You worked for them for a couple months. Like, maybe. 
like a couple months, they were off Eagle Road. You can't, I can't and, do that either. No. And he has a he has a new title. No, but he was doing a fireside chat. Oh God, yeah, no, uh huh, no. But what was the title? What titles did they have? Uh, honestly, they had like like ambassadors and like all sorts of weird titles. Yeah, I don't remember. I th- I know it was a short torn. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm blocking that moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but yes, I mean, you were starting to see things like chief business officer, chief revenue officer. Mm-hmm. Chief Revenue Officer? That's oh, new crew. <laughs> I thought they were going to be next to Brew over there. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the new title for uh, VPs of sales. They like to be the Chief Revenue Officers. Okay. okay. Are you ser- you're, you're, no, you're I'm dead serious. Right no, I'm no. dead serious. Dude, that's why I'm asking the question because like, that's the new millennial hip thing to do is is make up these titles. We have a Chief Revenue Officer in the company that I currently okay. work in. I love it. I, I'm so out of date. Yeah. No, and it does. I mean, it really. No, I mean, I think you know, working in technology, you begin to understand. There's just so. And I think you, oh, oh, sorry. You touched on it though that there's a definite when you're on the bleeding edge. There's a definite educational component yeah. to it, and uh, that leads to a long, long sales cycle, and then you throw in. You know, dollar totals of the, you know, six, eight hundred thousand, million, million and a half, two million dollars. What's your biggest sale ever? <clears throat> I did a ten million dollar services and services and uh, rip out of wireless equipment for a regional grocer back when I was in the Midwest. Yeah. Nice. What'd you knock down? <laughs> After they screwed you over, what'd you get out of that? <laughs> a few dollars. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, no, did you do well on, on a deal like that, or did they try to fuck you? No, it wasn't. No, no one tried to. You know, no one tried to screw me over on the deal. It was just one of those deals where a lot of the when you're moving steel, the margins are horrible, especially when you're reselling. I mean, it was a Motorola resell, so and you only get paid on the margin. Um, so you know, and you only get paid when it ships, right? And it gets shipped over a six month period of time, <laughs> so you know you're making four grand here and six grand there right. and stuff like that. I mean, it's not, it's not insignificant money. I no, don't wanna, no, of course not. No, no. But it just, it, it's always interesting how <clears throat> but when you, when you throw always... 10 million around as far as the revenue dollars, it's like, Oh, hey. yeah. I mean, it's top line revenue and yeah. it, you know, I mean, you're looking at a $10 million deal that probably netted $1.3 million in, wow. uh, to it, the bottom it, line in gross. Yeah. GP. Yep. 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 Wow. Love it. That's cool. Um, okay. Um, you're here. You've done all that. Jay, what do you got at? You got any questions for this young man? Uh, yeah, so I want to. I want to go before we get into our question and answer yeah. session. Yeah, I want to go just a little bit personal. There's a Q and A. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it's easy. It's it's softballs. But uh, I I have now had my second child, and I think I'm done. And congratulations. I've, thanks. I'm two beautiful little girls. I love them. Uh, but I keep threatening to my wife that I want a vasectomy. And I told her you were going to be on the podcast, and she happens to remember your vasectomy story. So I'd love for you to just tell me, you know, what, what's what's a vasectomy like, and and what what went wrong or right with yours. So do you want to hear my vasectomy story or my <laughs> reverse the whole vasectomy thing. reversal story? <laughs> you know, <laughs> mostly the basically reversal. Chad and I got a two for one with Doc Jones uh, at the vasectomy store. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yes, um, I did. So I two I kids. Have, I have four children. Right. I have four children, and uh, they are 24, 
21, and then I have identical 12-year-old boys. No. Okay. So, so they're I... T- they're twins? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> That's why I asked. Well, they have two separate mothers, and they just came out looking exactly <laughs> like me. The audience was asking these questions. There. Thank you. Okay. So, anyway, we... Uh, so, um... Hey Steve, but, Steve, flip the switch on your mic. Just flip it. Just so flip it down. It's not hot anymore. No, yeah, just, that, just, just kick it off. But anyway, so we, uh, much like you, uh, JJ, we had always talked about having two kids. Yeah, and I have a daughter, and I had a son. And perfect. at that point, it seemed perfect. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. shutting down the baby factory, yeah. and we're good. We're gonna live life. Yep. And uh, ironically enough, that was back when I was a farmer rep. So I went into Spokane and I had my little vasectomy right after my son was born there. And the guy wouldn't take my money. So I got it for free. Oh, which is good. Yeah. We're going to have that call back because I'm going to need that money later. <laughs> <laughs> freebie. I like it. So I got a free vasectomy and that's pretty easy. It takes about in fact, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> takes about se- I, I wait. Stop. 17 stop, minutes. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> You got a free vasectomy up in Spokane. <laughs> Spokane's all, the hood. We've all spent time in Spokane. So third division? Like, was it on Sprague or it's division? The, it's the new Where, pot shop on Sprague. Was that a, <laughs> it was out in the valley. Oh, Spokane Valley. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I lived in, and for those we didn't really talk about this, but I lived in Spokane for a very short period of time when I got into the farm industry. That's the best way. And that is when we had my oldest son. And that's why I had my vasectomy in Spokane. I didn't because of your oldest son. You should watch your crazy. Yeah, I thought he was a good kid. Yeah, we love your oldest son. I didn't drive <laughs> up there for my vasectomy. Let's <laughs> not bury the lead. <laughs> so anyway, so I had that done, and then uh, then we and my wife, after about a couple of years, was really interested in having additional children, and. I rebuffed and you her. you told her, go out and look for some, right? <laughs> See what right. you can find. <laughs> I said, you can have as many as you want. They just can't live here. Um, so we, when we moved to Dallas, and I told you that I, we got money whipped. I mean, I, yeah. felt, I felt like a daddy or bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, what a better way to share your newfound wealth than by having additional children. So... While Steve bought stubs with, while he cashed <laughs> out, <buddy. laughs> cashed out all of his stock options. Thankfully enough, when I left ESI, the stock had gone up a little bit, and so I made a little bit of money, which I then parlayed into what we'd like to classify as a vasectomy reversal. Ooh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Not free. Not nearly as clean as the vasectomy. It's a tad bit more of a uh, procedure. And this is not, no reflection on size, but apparently it's a microsurgery. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. That's a good disclaimer. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Um, and then this just in, insurance doesn't pay for any of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I paid uh, a significant amount of money. I want to say around $17,000. Say it. Say it. Say it then. Say it. I did. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Seventeen grand. Wow. To have a vasectomy reversal and are you pro- serious? Yeah, and the procedure took nine hours. What? That is a micro vasectomy. Yeah. They did, what they search around uh, down there? How, what, are they looking around half that time? <laughs> What's going on down there? Well, they went through six to eight pepper shakers. 
<laughs> and waiting. And after that, and then after that, I had to wait around another hour and a half for the second one to drop. <laughs> but after that, the pepper it was shaker? All no, the ball. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we I digress. But yes, so I had that done. And uh, yeah. So, so you guys, you, you reversed it. And the, and the intention was to have one, one more, more child? child. Well, I don't think anybody ever goes into it going, I think we're going to have two children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm good, but I ain't that Had good. You <laughs> <laughs> I'm know. like, twins! <laughs> that was an explosion. Yeah, there. It was. I liked it. I'm not that good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, and we were, and of course, you spend this money and you have to sign a trillion documents that say there's no guarantee. Right. That it's going to work for seventeen thousand dollars, and uh, <laughs> that's hard scratch. That's bro. a lot of that's a lot of scratch. So we, uh, I just hope my gals listen to this, episode. right? But uh, we went, uh, yeah, and then about you know you go in, and you have tests and other things to make sure it's all working. And did they warn you about what? Well, what happened? <laughs> the the twins part. Like, was that a disclaimer? Was that one of the documents you had to sign that no. you maybe didn't read? Or there wasn't like I'm so good at this that you're going to. Why be do you keep going back to that? Incredibly I think it's a random thing. Potent. I don't know if you're so good at it. That, that <laughs> no, I'm not it's saying not a skill. Level. I'm talking you about that the, up two or three times. I'm talking about the surgeon. Ah, he's so good at it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because it is truly surgical, there was no like. Well, I mean, the reality. There's no wrestling going on between you and the gal to get that taken care of, right? Uh, I mean, if memory serves me correctly. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, All right. Hopefully, there's no way she ever listens to this. No way. She won't. Nobody no. listens to this. But, shit. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. Anyway, um, so yes, um, I don't know, probably eight months later, she comes in and announces that she's pregnant. And I am, oh my God, 37, 38. And I was actually, I'd come back home to Boise and told Steve that we we're going to have another child. And he looked at me like I had 19 heads. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he, he did it in true Steve fashion for anybody who knows him. Looked at me with that incredulous look like that's the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. heard. Yes. And then quickly rebounded and goes, I'm happy for you, dude, if that's what you want. <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> as fast and aggressive as I can get. Oh my god, <laughs> seriously. Oh man. So I kicked him out of the golf cart and drove <laughs> off. Yes. <laughs> deservedly so. So anyway, so yeah, so ultimately it worked out and at that point I was working at Ericsson, so I worked in an office and uh gosh, you guys have to talk to the guys that I worked with. So I got, had a couple of pretty good friends there and uh and uh he goes uh <clears throat> Like we go in to have the first ultrasound, and I wasn't sure we could afford one more kid. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "There's two in there," <laughs> and I dude, uh, the feeling in the ultrasound room in general, right? With one kid going into it, just is everything there? You know, like, it, are, are we do like, is this gonna be good? Right? Happy, healthy, is everything in place? Right? Like, that's nerve wracking. Third time, probably not so much, but like, you're it's still you're still sort of on edge, right? And then there's two. Yeah, and at that point, <laughs> it was yeah. I mean, obviously, it's worked out. Absolutely, it's worked out. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, back then I was like, because I, I don't know what to do. I never considered myself the greatest 
dad of babies. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, babies. Yeah. Sucked, and you're dude. Lisa was much, much better. I mean, she had that stuff, you know, all dialed yeah. in and weird maternal instincts. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just listened to directions and did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, so we ultimately had the twins and, uh, yeah, so it worked really, really good. Good. And uh, now they're 12, and, yeah, they'll be in seventh grade this year, and they still look exactly alike. And uh, <laughs> We covered that, right? They're twins. <laughs> Identical. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they're good. And it's funny because you know, the more we thought about it, you know, and as they started to get older, the reality is is that if there would have just been one of us, one of them, they would have been constantly hounding our old Asses to go out and do something. <laughs> and now they got each, each other. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. They don't need me to play catch. They don't need me to shoot hoops. They just. They don't. You know, they can just do their thing on their own, and and it's pretty cool. And it's uh, it's been really fun to watch uh, to watch twins grow up. I mean, they're still the best of friends. They spend every waking moment together. Uh, they rarely fight. So uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. That's but, cool. That is. Uh, did you go back in for a vasectomy now, right? Like negative, negative. ghostwriter. Did they, is that even on the tape? Like, is that a negative ghostwriter? <laughs> just fire one of, blanks. Just, just no. One of the, uh, one of the, uh, pre, uh, vasectomy reversal discussions that we had uh, was that, uh, when not a lot of people have those. <laughs> I didn't know that was I a thing. That, I don't think it's a car. Like when he, he act like it was a state of the bat. Like, I don't think that conversation happens all the time, but go ahead. You are correct. <laughs> Unless you're my <laughs> urologist friend that I have here in town. Doc Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Did my vasectomy. Yeah. He starts the conversation when he introduces me, me to people. <laughs> this is Chad. He used to be my pharmaceutical rep 20 years ago. And by the way, he had a vasectomy reversal. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like it should be on your business card if you still carry those around. No, no I mean, seriously. But uh, yeah, no. So the reality was is that before I had the vasectomy reversal, I said, I'm not going to have another vasectomy when we get done. You're going to have to uh, do something from a more uh, permanent standpoint. Yeah, plug that shit up. So the reality is, is that we had the twins via C-section, which was planned, and they just did a tubal. There when, you go. When yep. they were in there. Oh, actually, they didn't really do a tubal. They reach in there and like, do you think you're going to need this again? <laughs> they like pulled out. A For those of you that don't have video, <laughs> yeah, they pulled out a big piece of fallopian tube. <laughs> okay, we got uh, there. All right, surgical callback. <laughs> From my surgical days, I actually recognized it. <laughs> All right, it's on to Q and A. Um, I'm going to start with my new Q and A, and then you've got your list, right? Yep. Kid? All right. Yep, yep. So my first question is. Uh, what is your most guilty pleasure as far as a TV show? And, and JJ was worried about this because I am a snob. So I'm going to lead with everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. I, I'm going to share with you and the listening audience that I am a closeted Andrew Zimmern fan. I don't know why. I watch his shit and I, I don't know why. It's like travel channel crap and it's mindless and I watch it. And then I shared with JJ in, in complete confidence. And yeah, I, I, I don't know if you want to put this on the airways. I used to do Law & Order. It's kind of a binge watch, <laughs> like on a Sunday if nothing else was on, and it was like a winter day. And I have no TV shame, so I will. I know I am so. way too old to give a damn what you two think about what I watch on TV. <laughs> so, so none whatsoever. There's not no, no, one. There's no, not one. Oh, that, I've got a handful of them. So right, let's, let's see. Uh, right now, my guilty uh, binge is a show that I'm sure none of you have ever heard of. It's called Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
Exactly. Um, I'm not even 100% sure what channel it is on. I think it might be on Bravo. I just have it on the DVR season, uh, and so it tapes them, and I watch them, and I actually watched them last night. And that was and part the of the reason. It is a super yacht in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Scantily clad ladies. No, mm. not really. It's more um, about the yacht. Oh, so it's more, it's a soap opera. It's not really a soap opera. It's a reality show. It's a soap opera. Yeah, there's basically uh, a crew on there, and it just follows them around as they, (laughs) on this boat, as they cater to these uber-rich people that can afford these things. But just to give you an example of how rich these people are, the typical tip for the crew after a two- or three-day tour, when Gilligan's able to bring you back. um, Three hours. Three-day. It was a three-hour tour. It was a three-hour tour. Didn't work out well. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, but the reality is, is that, uh, and pun intended, is that uh, they make about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars that they separate between the crew for a. So it's one of those seasonal jobs that you do to make money, and of course, it's all mixed in with you, you know when they get you done. Do, with, do you other seasonal jobs to not make money? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think <clears throat> like building homes in Honduras. Well, that's philanthropic. Ah. And I don't accuse. I would never accuse him of doing ever that. doing anything philanthropic or mowing lawns in Minnesota in December. I don't think that. I don't think you make a lot of money doing that. No, that's it's a bad business plan. No plow. I mean, Jesus Christ! I just got to look at youthful Austin and find out what the business plan is. <laughs> so, for the most part, yes. So that. So right now, that is my uh, that is my guilty pleasure show. Okay, I dig um, it. And I watch America's Got Talent with my uh, twins. Yeah, only had to give one, but that was fine. <laughs> All right. JJ, a, what do you got? I can uh, give a list. <laughs> I think this is my. We opened with this one with Mark. Uh, do you cheat at board games, or have you? I, I'm, I mostly want to know currently with his kids. Uh, negative. No, you've never cheated the twins out on Monopoly. Or Nick? Look at you. You're you're pondering because you know. No, I no. I'm pondering whether we even own a board game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I don't think we own a board game. I mean, okay, but uh, let's go back to your youthful times. Yeah. Because as a competitive fuck, uh, did you ever cheat at games like Clue or Monopoly with your siblings? Did you ever? Yeah. Think about it, Chad. Uh, Uh, More than likely, I did. Yeah. But. I'm obviously way past the guilt. <laughs> <laughs> what guilt? <laughs> All right, JJ, continue. Uh, what favorite toy growing up? Yeah, I like this question From the a lot. duplex days? Actually, this was actually when I lived in a house. Okay. Okay, in Haver, in Montana. Haver, Please don't rub it in. Big, big league. Yeah, Haver, Montana. Um, it was back in the uh, Evil Knievel days. Oh, JJ, what did I tell you my favorite toy was? Yeah. We had, I had the wind up Evil Knievel, and that thing would jump like a mother. <laughs> Motherfucker, dude. That was his I told favorite him, toy. I told JJ in confidence, again in confidence, that that was my favorite toy, too. It's like I could do that ripcord Evil Knievel, and that fucker would jump. Oh, yeah. Dude, he was the best. He would go through a shitload of stuff. And he had good hair. Yeah, he, he had did. good doll hair. <laughs> he did have good doll hair. The expensive kind. Of. And you know the funny thing. The well, I don't know if it's funny. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is that you know, Evil Knievel was from Montana. So, and I lived in Montana. I, so. I can I can get somebody on this show that is a direct relative of Evil Knievel. And my dad got his autograph for me one time. We met him in a bar in Butte. So I thought I was big hot shit. 
But yes, that and then the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yes. Those were my two favorites. Oh, God, I love Rock'em Sock'em. Yeah. How about Battletops? Did you ever play Battletops? Like, like that was one of my favorites, too. No, nobody remembers Battletops. I don't lot. remember Battletops as much. Oh, dude. I think, they, I think they just handed that out to the apartment kids. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were a duplex kid. I forgot. That's good. Good callback. See, audience, this is why we brought this him on the guest. Yeah. yeah, that's why. He'll never come back. But that, that was a wonderful contribution there. <laughs> and your listeners are thankful. <laughs> <laughs> um, JJ, continue. Uh, all right. Favorite or ideal dream vacation destination? Australia. Australia. Why? You know, like 13 of the most deadliest species live on that continent, right? Like, it's not. It's not like a kosher place to go hang out. I wasn't planning on going to that part of Australia. Well, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> Unless you're going to hang out where the Jews hang out because it's kosher, or <laughs> like where the snakes are. <laughs> Be very clear, please. We have Jewish listening audience. Out there. I don't even <laughs> know what you're talking about. He asked if it was kosher. Steve likes to bust my balls, and oh. sometimes it derails the conversation. Okay. <laughs> well, I just want everybody <clears throat> that was paying attention to the conversation. <laughs> What are you going to do in Australia? I'm going to sit on the beach, and I'm going to go to the Sydney, whatever the hell that is. The cool-looking thing. Yeah, the cool-looking thing. You've done your research, huh? The orchestra <laughs> symphony, the Sydney symphony thing. Yeah, you Thingy really. my bopper. Hey, I hope you get to check that off your list. No, I, that's one. Of, no, and it's actually Lisa's dream destination as well. So at some point, one day... If I live that long, we won't have kids at our house. <laughs> I won't be able to go. <laughs> I love it. Um, you got anything else over there, kid? Uh, the last one, I don't. I, we didn't get into siblings, but did you ever have to wear hand-me-downs? Oh, great question. He's the oldest, I think. I am the oldest, so I did not have to wear hand-me-downs. Um, Your brother did, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my brother definitely wore hand-me-downs, although... He, I don't think he wore a ton of hand-me-downs because he was young. And, he was so much younger than I was yeah. that by that time, you're just like, let's just give it to the Goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to wait around another two years till he fits into it. Yeah. Because um, everybody wants those corduroys. <laughs> we're hot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did you have to wear bell bottoms? Was that your. Like, yes, young? it was. Yes, yeah. Um, yes, that yes. was uh, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. I yes. had some sweet hash jeans with some gigantic bell bottoms. Yeah. 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 They were dynamite. And Long cord, hair? Cords were the best, though, right? Like, I couldn't afford cords, but I got hand me down cords, and I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely wore cords. Um, but it was a. It was. My parents were never more excited than when 501s became popular again yeah. because they were 1999 <laughs> and you could get those button flies and goddamn those things would last forever. forever. Yeah. yeah, like my old Garanimals. Hmm? You I never had Garanimals? I don't know what the fuck <laughs> a Garanimal is. <laughs> is it yeah, like- <laughs> I knew I'd get one out of you. I knew nobody else would know what the fuck I'm talking about. But so like- you go to Sears. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. You find a pair of pants, and they have an elephant on them. <laughs> but they had extra, like, knee pads. Yeah. Like, they had knee patches within the, the yeah, pants and stuff. But right? you're kind of burying the lead, because then you would have to go over and find a shirt with an elephant on it, because <laughs> that, yeah. that meant it matched. Oh, shit. <laughs> So, it was a serious product. It was completely How dummy proof. out of business? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they bought Land's Inn. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy I asked this question. <laughs> but, yes, Garanimals were... Uh, and then Tough Skins. Did you ever have some Tough Skin yeah. jeans? My mom was so pumped when Tough Skins came out again because I could wear them for two to three years despite whether they were too short or too tight. And those <laughs> definitely had the knee patches in there. Absolutely. Yep. And Built-in the, knee patches. Yep. Maybe I'm getting those and my Garanimals mixed up. But, yeah, those definitely had them, and they were big ones, too, because they would keep you from, uh, yeah, basically tearing out your jeans in nice. the first uh, 
week. Seven to <laughs> 11 days you own yeah. them. Yeah, it's so. fair. Um, Chad, it's been wonderful. Do you have anything to ask us, or uh, are we comfortable here ending this conversation? Because you've done tremendously, and we appreciate your yeah. time. Well, I'm not sure that I've done tremendously, but uh, it has been fun. Um, no, I think it's great. I think it's great that you guys have this, and you talk about culture and certain things like that. I know that you guys have worked very uh, diligently to, to create the kind of culture that we had at Extended Systems, and I wish more people realized how important culture is uh, when building an organization, whether you're a large Fortune 500 or whether you're you know a small 10 or 12-person organization. So I commend both of you for that. Um, Steve, I've always admired the fact that you've been willing to stand by your beliefs and the way things should be run, and <laughs> we're never never averse to taking risks. I mean, even whether it was Stubbs or starting here at Camus. So no, I appreciate it. And I guess I didn't realize that JJ had worked at uh, Stubbs. Oh yeah. He was the bar manager, dude. I've known this kid. I heard him when he was 19. You didn't hire me. uh, No, I didn't. Uh, My, my, (laughs) my manager did. I don't hire people. I don't deal with (laughs) Is that. What's her name? Yes. L. Uh, But uh, so we're at the point to where we just, well, so like people, well, people that aren't, um, in on the, the fold, broad, like I, I don't want to sell people out necessarily. Well, I don't think you're selling her out for hire, hiring JJ. Well, look, well, look what he's become. I mean, oh, seriously, dick. it's a sellout. Yeah. Uh, no, he um, and he just turned thirty-two yesterday. Yeah, two days ago. Can you believe that? So I've known him for thirteen years. He we hired him when he turned nineteen, and it's been thirteen solid years. I was thirty-two when I went to work at extended systems really yeah holy yeah. shit yeah let's turn the dial start selling some shit love it hey um it's a great point to uh probably stop wrap uh, it up wrap it up chad, Thank you, chad. Awesome. you're always welcome back yeah we we will have you back most definitely well i don't know why you wouldn't uh, <laughs> we'll look at the ratings we'll see how many subscribers we get uh you might want to spread the word <laughs> like if you could drop us a couple of subscribers or whatever that's cool well if we've gone from seven to 14 i've given you a hundred percent increase so i don't know why i wouldn't be back Ooh, that's right look at him dropping, yeah, dropping the numbers uh, real quick before we get out of here steve uh we got to do our our ad placement even though we don't get paid for ad revenue right what'd you make for dinner last night God. Thank you for asking, yeah. JJ. I had the best butcher box ground beef. Did my you? Pasta. Dude. Well, it's not really pasta. No. I go with the chickpea elbows because I don't do pasta anymore because I'm watching my weight. Absolutely. Because you, so, you got a date coming up. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. A big date. Yeah. But um, with, butcher box with your meat, gal. We're not, there's no other date. It's, it's a trip with your gal. I don't want to put the illusion that you're going on a date with some other gal. It's, thank you. Yeah. It's a trip date. She does listen. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to get felt for my trip. Yes. But um, yeah, butcher box, dude. Yeah. Uh, Flusher, if you've never please try tried it. butcher box, come over to Steve's house. He'll cook you up something. It's, it's, Top notch. It's not really a house. I live in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a basement, really. <laughs> it's funny. I covet an apartment now. <laughs> That's why I'm there. I would yearn for an apartment right now. Did, did you go butcher box last night, kid? Or? No. We had Thai food, right? For oh, the birthday right. over at my sister's house. Oh, that's so. right. That was the shrimp. Was, oh, oh, dude. Callback. Oh, I call love back. you right you now. Nuggle. That's a great oh. callback. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're out. Happy Friday. Peace.